It sure does. Welcome back to another edition of the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Steve Patosha, and Dave Cook. A little different order today because radio is not a visual medium. I can see one of my co-hosts, Steve Patosha, is in studio. Radio is not a visual medium, so we can't see Dave Cook, but he's with us again today, at least for one segment. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Dave. It'll be, it'll be great to talk to Dave when he's here, and it's always great to hang out with you, Brian. Absolutely. Happy uh, Seis de Mayo. Yesterday was Cinco, and I know a little bit of Spanish, so that makes today the sixth of Seis de Mayo. Do you do anything for that? It's Kentucky Derby Saturday. I'm bigger on that. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're going to, using a little Kentucky Derby uh, lingo, we're going to parlay this weekend from a Cinco de Mayo party last night into a Kentucky Derby party today, so... Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I like that because hopefully Brian Prudhomme, Steve Patosha, and Dave Cook make the trifecta as well. We can see how many derby terms we can work in. This is kind of my niche event, if you will. If you say niche, more power to you. But some people love the Masters this time of year. Some people love the NFL draft this time of year. I'm surrounded by two of them, one in spirit and one physically. I'm a derby guy, but I think it's because my family always did. My grandfather and my mother, this is one of the sporting events that they got into. My grandfather got into a ton. My mom, coin flip. Yeah, the, the Derby, it's just an American tradition. It's, you know, it's like opening day with baseball and, you know, the final, the final four. And in basketball, it's, 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 it's a special weekend. And it's exciting. You know, it's all those, uh, you know, wink, wink pools that are going around. And, right. And, uh, of course, the time spent at the betting window. Hopefully, we'll be able to do that soon here in the state of Minnesota. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say, if we keep pushing the issue, maybe the right folks will listen because, whether it's win, place, or show, I don't know if you've been to Canterbury and done any betting before, but I really enjoy doing that. Oh, it's a blast. And, and, I, and quite honestly, it doesn't matter if it's horses or bulldogs they got running out there. It's always fun to go out to Canterbury. Get outside, you know, just see those, you know, quote-unquote athletes, you know, perform out there on the track. And, uh, yeah, it's exciting. What a perfect segue you just gave me because you mentioned Bulldogs, and what better time to go to the biggest Bulldog fan we know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Here's Dave Cook by phone this morning. Dave, good morning, sir. Georgetown, baby. Georgetown, right? Yes. Oh, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. I thought maybe you went Georgia. You'd have been on the right track. Yeah, well, Georgia, too. But I saw the Hoya thing. That looks like a bulldog with a hat on. It's close enough. It's it's something yeah. like that. Where does the Kentucky Derby register for you? Because I think I know the answer already from all the years that we've been together on this show and our friendship in general. But this is usually the event that you poke fun at me for because you're not big on it where I kind of, you know, nudge you about the draft because you live it so much. Yeah, I know this. I mean, it's fun to hear you guys and and uh, watch you guys uh, enjoy this weekend. This weekend really doesn't hold anything for me. See, when I grew up, the the in it was the Indy 500 that was the beginning of summer. So um, uh, at my house, so it was a little different race, Brian. Now, I, horse- will, I will tell you this though. You mentioned the 500, and I would put that on the same level in the Kentucky Derby in the sense that I don't know much about it. But if I had the chance to attend it, it would change my opinion. Now, I already like the Kentucky Derby, but it is, what, the fastest three minutes in sports or whatever it's called? So it's not as though it's, you know, a day-long activity. If it is, you're building up to it. It's not the event itself. But I think if I got a chance to go in person, I would like it that much more. Yeah, I've actually been to the Indianapolis 500. My family lived in Indianapolis um, when I was really young. Um, and we used to go to the practices and the time trials, and it, it is it's, it's, it's a fantastic event. And, and I was thinking the same thing. I just I know it's a couple weeks away, so I didn't want to steal your topic from you know two weeks from now, Dave. <laughs> For two weeks from now, <laughs> right? We're always planning ahead on this show. Now yeah. I look at it, Dave. I look at it similar to your desire to be part of Rocky Top to go to a Tennessee college football game. Now, yeah. don't get me wrong, I like college football a lot more than I like horse racing. But I think the biggest reason you want to go be part of Rocky Top is the pageantry, and the game is kind of a sideshow. Sometimes I feel the same way about the Kentucky Derby as a race. All of a sudden, no, it's it's gone. They did it, but the buildup is fun. Well, you know how you can get into Americana, you know, you, all the little things that make America unique. I think the Kentucky Derby is part of that, right? I think that's a piece of Americana. I just don't enjoy it as a sport event. That's fair. Now, I have to ask you the important question for me specifically to you, because a few years back on this show, we didn't exactly do betting, but we did predicting, if you will, and we involved spreads. And the struggle was real for you when it came to what plus or minus meant in spreads. I imagine that struggle is so real. Exactly. There's a reason we don't do it anymore. So I know that betting was not your strong suit when the spreads had to be explained, not always on the weekly, sometimes on the game-by-game basis. So when it comes to terms like win, place, show, 
trifecta, what have you. Does that register for you? Do you understand what we're saying? Well, if you're talking about uh, it in general, are we talking about betting? Because, I mean, I understand win play show and the idea that this person's in first, but, I mean, I know that people bet show and sometimes they bet, so they want somebody to be third. I don't understand that. Well, I think it's fun to bet show because then you just need them to finish in the top three, and if they finish one or two, you still win. That's the plus See, of the betting on horses. It's, it's, the it's the equivalent to the NHL giving you a point when you lose in overtime, right? Which I also think is dumb. So yeah, there you do I, and I'm looking right at Steve Patosha because he knows I feel that way. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's kind of it's kind of like not bunting when everybody on the diamond is on one side of the field. Right, something yeah. like that. Hitting all the controversial points early this morning on the Northland Sports Page. Glad you're with us, Dave Cook. He is not in studio today. He is a world traveler once again, so only able to be with us for this first segment. Talking about the Kentucky Derby, not really in detail because that's the thing. I love this event. I can't tell you more than one thing about too many of the horses, if that. So I just like the idea. I like the win, play, show. I like the betting idea. So we're going to do win, play, show in sports in a different sense today. And Dave, Steve, we've done this on previous years on the Derby weekend with different formats, if you will. And this year we came up with we're going to do win, play, show, which is first, second, and third. But we'll probably do show, place, win because it's more suspenseful to go three, two, one. But All these words. But what we're going to do, I barreled that, yes. But what we're going to do is we're going to come up with who we feel are the three most important people currently in the organization of the four men's major sports teams in Minnesota. So could be a GM, could be an owner, could be a coach, could be a player, could be a salary capologist. Spoiler alert on one of mine. Everybody understand what we're into here because Steve was Dave cooking this before the show. He was jotting feverishly. So I want to make sure everybody's ready. I thought you were going to say he was mispronouncing everything, so he had to stop the program. Yeah, he called me Prudham this morning, and I said, we'll get that out now. So, <laughs> Is that cookie guy joining us? Yeah, yeah. Is, is David going to be here? <laughs> but you are with us, so we'll kind of do this the way that we normally do things when it's Dave Hoops on the phone with you and I, Dave, and Dave Hoops will be along at about 11.25 today. He also is on location. He's in Nashville as we speak to him. But usually we let Dave Hoops go first, and then we just kind of chime in. So we're going to let you guide the ship today. Where would you like us to start? And, again, I think we'll do show, place, win, third, second, first. But what organization? Where are we going? Well, I think let's start with the two that are that have kind of uh, set the pace here. Let's go, with, uh, let's go with the Wild first. Interesting. So starting on the ice, starting with your show, who would be your third most important person currently in the Minnesota Wild organization? Because... We don't want to do this in terms of where we're reading lists because that gets boring. Right. But I figure if we get you as our leadoff hitter, you're our Ricky Henderson, we get a chance to kind of bandy from there. Go ahead. For me, it's Dean Evison. I think he's important for many different ways. Um, but the biggest one for me is if they're going to take the next step, and I think that's what this is about, Dean needs to figure some postseason uh, workout. He needs to be able to do a little bit more pulling of the pulleys to get the Wild to perform in the playoffs. I completely agree with that if we can assume that he's going to be there long enough to place or show or win because I didn't put him in my top three because I don't think the seat is as hot as people want it to be after the loss to Dallas, but I think it's getting warmer. So I didn't put him in there because I wasn't sure what his future holds. Yeah, I think the seat, I think the seat's heating up for sure. Um, but I, I think, he, you know, you, you, you got a coach that that team loves to play for. Yeah. The, the, the players play the heck, you know, they play for him. And, uh, you know, you had a team that we didn't even think was going to make the playoffs who was fighting for a division championship at right. the end. You know, did they get there? No. You know, and, and nobody likes excuses, but you, you look at that power play that suffered in the power play, or in the, in the playoffs. You know, no power. Six of those goals were scored in the first 10 seconds off of, off of faceoffs. Well, your number one faceoff and number one penalty killer is injured and not playing. Do other guys have to step up? Yeah, obviously. You know, everybody's dealing with injuries and all that. But those are real reasons why why that team failed at the end. So. Right. I think it's too bad that we limited this, and I did it because I came up with this topic, but I limited it to people because if we could have said units, I would have said, well, the wild special teams would be somewhere either in 3, 2, or 1. Dave, I kind of went after your heart with my third place, my, my show guy here. I went with Brock Faber because I think he's the future of that decor, and he proved it early. So to me, it should make it okay if Matt Dumba has to leave or if Jonas Brodeen continues to battle injury, but probably not both. He can only fill in for one guy. He's not going to replace, you know, two, three steady forces on the decor. But 
for a decor that could have to start over in a sense, he's a linchpin. Yeah, no, I agree with that, Brian. I think that uh, Faber is hugely important because, truthfully, he's the first guy in the next wave of defensemen. Like, they have a lot of defensemen coming up, and our defensive core is a little bit older, which leads me to my my second-place guy, and that's Judd Brackett. He's the drafting guy for the Wild, and with their salary pinch, plus their roster is aging out a little bit on on the in the skills side, uh, I think he needs to be – his performance will impact that organization as much as anybody. Okay, so that jumps nicely into Dave's number two. Steve, I don't think we got your number three because Dave's number three was Coach Evison. My number three was Brock Faber. You mentioned the special teams units, but I don't think you mentioned a guy. Yeah, I, for me, it's, it's Matt Boldy. I think they've invested you know, a high pick in him. You know, We thought he had a very good regular season, and for two playoffs in a row now he hasn't performed. And I, I think you know what where they've put him in the lineup, what they've invested in him monetarily, he needs right. to perform you know, in this next, this next playoff. See, and that was the reason that I didn't take him because there's not so much uncertainty as to where is he going to be, what's he going to do. He's locked in for a while, but there is the uncertainty of the postseason vanishing act. But I guess we need one guy to do that. Kevin Fiala, exit stage left, and Matt Boldy becomes that guy. My number two, super low-hanging fruit, I took Kaprizov because I wasn't going to take him because I thought, well, there's your guaranteed star. That's your guy. Well, all of a sudden he's had an injury. He also disappeared in the playoffs. He insists they weren't related. I'm not sure, but he knows his body better than the rest of us. But all of a sudden, he may not be a gimme. So that made me take him as number two. Yeah, that makes that makes sense because you're correct on the fact that he's got to be the face of the franchise. And, you know, with uh, Minnesota sports luck in the past, right, um, you know, if he, if he fails to reach that, for whether it be a combination of injuries, lack of performance, or just he kind of plateaus at where he's at, yeah, that that could that could lead to problems for a team that needs him to be a superstar before, you know, a, right. as we start through this uh, financial cap thing. And I think that's the other piece because the cap situation is going to, you know, make it a struggle for you to add anybody of substance, if you will. So your best players have to be your best players. Yeah, that's why the that's why the draft guy is so important because he needs to hit uh, over and over again because of this cap thing. I thought maybe you did that just because Steve is in-house in the NFL draft was last week. He loves to well, talk I about how guys swing and miss on drafts. I, I did put that on a tee for him, though. <laughs> that sounds good. Steve, who do you got at number two and then, again, at number one? I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on Kirill. I think that he's, you know, he's the franchise. He's, he's that guy we've, all waited, we've been waiting for since the, the organization started. And that's so. why I so badly wanted not to bring him up because I thought, well, that takes, you know, intense research to figure that out. But let's be honest. If we're going to do the top three key players or key players in terms of playing a part in the organization, there's no way your best on-ice feature isn't going to be part of it. Yeah, I mean, I... I, honestly, I didn't. I fought not to put him at number one just because it was. Okay, know, that, that makes me feel better when the hockey coach, <laughs> you know, kowtows to my idea. That makes me feel a little better. But Dave, I really think number one is Billy G. He's the guy that's got to put everything. Around. He's got to put these pieces together. He's got to. He's got to find a way to work through these cap issues. Two more years of, you know, dead cap space with those guys. But he had. That was a movie had to make. He had to clean up that locker room and had to get those guys out. And this is just the consequences of, you know, really the consequences of the league. Um, you know, taking it out on the Wild since the Wild gave out contracts that forced them to change their whole CBA, and right. they were they were going to make them pay for we it. We had a so. different sort of a explosive Fourth of July way back when. But Dave, I agree with Steve, and I'll let you go ahead on this because I'm going to guess all three of us have the same win, the same number one in Billy G. But we just said this last week. We weren't sure if the Wolves or Wild had the brighter future, and we dumbed it down in the final minute of last week's show, saying, "Well, it's the Wild just because they have a GM that we trust." Because Bill Guerin has pressed a lot of correct buttons. Now, it hasn't led to postseason success before. But I think Steve made the other point, and I'm going to contradict it a little bit, but I, I still agree with him if that makes sense. Because he said the Suda-Parisi move was a move that Billy G had to make. At the time, it wasn't. He chose to. So he put this team in the cap situation they're in, which we trust him. So now he's got to guide them out safely, too. You know, the thing about Billy G that, that works for me as far as the trust piece is he didn't make that he didn't make that call and just say okay well suck it up he made he made the call and explained it to us right he said okay so this is why we had to do that and then followed it up with getting people players that reflected his goal right he said we our locker room was bad so on and so forth 
So his next couple pickups were locker room guys. And we saw the success, even if it was just a little bit of success, with this huge, with this huge brick on our shoulder, the contract brick. And, uh, we can see that you can trust this guy to make decisions, uh, and, and follow through. And so I, I do think that it's not even close. In fact, if you ranked him for the entire city of Minneapolis, the state of Minnesota, he still might be number one. I think so. I think there's a Mount Rushmore of key sports figures in Minnesota lore right now, and Bill Guerin might be on there. And I, and I think yeah. what people forget is, Dave, I think they forget that that team wasn't, not only were they not supposed to make the playoffs last year, they weren't really right. supposed to compete this year either. And and they've done yeah. it two years in a row. So they've really overachieved. And, you know, you want to run, people love to throw these, Russo loves to throw these streaks together of, well, they've lost in the first round this many times. Well, if you're not supposed to be there and you lose, haven't you done isn't that okay? Look at Steve Fatosha being the ray of sunshine today. I don't expect oh. that. Usually people are so invested in disappointment, which I think is what Steve's getting at. He's probably right. The Wild have exceeded some expectations. It's just that as they do, they build up our expectations for the postseason and then flop, so it's difficult. I don't want to flop in this first segment, so we've only got 12, 13 minutes to still do three more organizations. Dave Cook, guide us to our next one. We're going to stay in the winter, Brian. Let's talk Wolves. All right. The Wolves is interesting because... I'm going to start with my show, and really, maybe he doesn't belong on the list at all, but I couldn't resist. My show is A-Rod. Alex Rodriguez is part of the ownership group of this team, and this team isn't floundering as bad as they were. This is a playoff-caliber team. This is a team with talent, but this is a team that reputationally has still been terrible. So the more that they bow out in round one, they still get the collective eye roll. And Alex Rodriguez is difficult for me for a number of reasons. I like them as a Texas Ranger. I liked him as a Seattle Mariner. Then he went to Steve's team, and I went, yeah, it's enough of that guy. Well, I've had to like him because he's part of Minnesota sports now. But there is still that Seattle connection, and Seattle deserves but doesn't have a National Basketball Association team. And there's still a little bit of a fear for me that if things don't go glowingly for the Timberwolves in Minnesota, Seattle could be their new home. It's a stretch, but it's a worry. I'm not sure it's a total stretch, Brian. Plus, you can keep the word timber right there in their name, right? Yes. Uh, I I think the third star, and, and this person may or may not... He's already be, abandoned the derby. He's going three-star show. Go ahead. Well, you know what I mean. I, I don't do. know the words. I, I give the words. hockey guy horse racing. I get what I deserve. Go ahead. This is the place thing, I think. This uh, is the show, so if, just continue. So, I, I, don't, I don't know if this human being actually exists, but he should. And if uh, that is the life coach for the Minnesota Timberwolves. That team has got talent. It's got the ability to make the playoffs. That team can't get out of their own way. Players doing ridiculous stuff, whether it's throwing punches in front of 15,000 people who are super excited to see you, or it's if it's taking swings of brick walls covered by, I mean, they just can't get out of their own way. Complaining about fouls, drawing attention to whining, they need a life coach. And, and that person, whether they exist or not, to me is, the third most important person in the organization. It sounds like an early appearance by Justin May. That's his mantra for the Timberwolves. Steve, who do you got in yeah. the third spot? Who's showing for the Timberwolves? I mean, I Dave couldn't be more correct, but I don't, I'm not sure if that's not one, two, and three. To right. be honest, right. Um, I've got Rudy. You know, they've they've they they invested a lot. They sent a lot. You know, and, and right now it looks like a horrible mistake, like of the the Mike Lynn order, uh, but. You know, he he's still got a chance to turn this around. You know, and it's got to start probably with not punching teammates and figuring out a way to to yep. to get some stuff done. But at the same time, they got to figure out how to use him correctly and and use him for what he is and and not play him for what he's not. Right. And I think a lot of people choose is it Rudy or is it Cat. And I think among the two, Rudy is probably more important. Cat exiting might prove to be most important. I'm not saying they have to do that. But that's the only way to draft capital, I believe. I think you can get picks and maybe a player for Carl Anthony Towns. You can't get anything for really anybody else besides Ant, who they're certainly not going to part with. My number two, my place, was Jaden McDaniels because he had no place in the postseason due to just a stupid, immature act injuring himself. And we've talked about, Dave, is he going to be worthy of max contract type money? I think the answer is no, and that might be the only break, full pun intended, over the broken hand that the Timberwolves get because they might be able to afford him now. But if you want another athlete next to Ant who can also play a little defense and be more of a primary role, and it depends on what you want to do with Alexander Walker, Jaden McDaniels has to be another big piece of what you do going forward. Yeah, he has to be Robin. He absolutely has to be Robin to Ant's Batman. I, I couldn't agree with you any more there, Brian. Um 
my number two, and and I'll explain in a minute. Cause and this yes, is the place. I just want to explain that to you. Go yeah, ahead. I, sorry, sorry, sorry. My no, you're good. I'm just having both of it now. <laughs> is is uh, actually ants, um, and I know that um, yesterday he was my number one, but today ant is the face of the franchise, right? He is the direction they're going. He represents everything that we hope the Timberwolves become. Fun, driven, energetic, relatable, uh, all those things that we want. And I have a reason that he's number two. But he is he is my, let's see, win, play, show. He's my place guy. All right, very good. So I'm going to make this easy. Steve, you can go ahead with your number two in a moment. But I'm very intrigued who Dave's number one is because no, my number one place. wears, my number one, my place. winner wears number one. It's Ant for me. So who's your number two? And then I got to hear who Dave has at one. Yeah, and he's my number one as well. But my number two is Cat because he's kind of the, the linchpin in this whole thing, or he's the pivot in this whole thing. He's the pivot, I think. Yeah, and and you know if he sticks around, then he's got to he's got to live up to the expectations. If he if they're gonna move him, then he's got to bring us a whole heck of a lot. And and uh, I don't know I don't know if if teams want to invest in that that, right. that attitude and that I don't know that demeanor. It just it doesn't doesn't exude winning in my my eyes. Now, Dave, I'm going to say this before you go because maybe you're going to make this into an incorrect statement, but I'm going to say that so far, at least, neither one of us have mentioned Chris Finch or Tim Connolly. And I didn't do it because I don't think, again, much like some of the other players we talked about with the Wild, I couldn't bring them up because I didn't necessarily think they'd be here long term. And I'm not just looking towards next season, but I'm intrigued because you don't have Ant at number one. Who do you have? I have the com- both that combination, but I'll call it Conley um, because, again, we've seen what works and we've seen what doesn't. And as Steve so adroitly said, that guy spent the farm on the center, and the center didn't mesh, and they had to make another trade to bring in a point guard just for the center. Um, Ant is the guy that Minnesotans love. Cat uh, doesn't seem to work with them. He's got to work some magic to bring in players that can play with each other. And they got to bring in players that can play with Ant. And there's nothing Ant can do about that. So it has got to be the person trying to weave their wand and mix the stew or whatever you want to call it to put a team together who can win together. Because, let's face it, Timberwolves fans are hardy groups because they're still fans, right? Right. Um, They've been through hell and back. Right, but now we've got our hopes up. And it's up to Conley to take that superstar and allow him a chance to win and, and figure out the, how they work together. Because, man, that's the one thing that Timberwolves' team doesn't do is work together. I think that's very fair. So we're taking the Kentucky Derby format with win, play, show, and turning it into the Minnesota Sports Derby, organizationally speaking. And, of course, we're doing it in reverse for suspense sake. So show, plays, win in our world. Two more organizations to go, about six, seven minutes in which to do it. Dave Cook is our guide, our Will Steger today. Where to next? Minnesota Twins. Let's see the we're going to win Twins, we're going to score. All right, so I'm very intrigued by Steve Patosha's take on this because I'm thinking that he'll probably have three non-factors because he doesn't like when this team wins. But go ahead, Dave Cook. I want to go with our new number one. I want to go with Pablo Lopez as our as our third most important person. We've always, you know, Steve can should be able to relate to this because he's always said, get some pitching here and then talk to me. Well, hopefully, and this is why he's number three. They seem on, to have it, yeah. We finally have ourselves a guy who can go up against number ones and give us a shot. All right, my number three, my show, wouldn't have been in existence a year ago because he's only been with this team for this season. And my show is Michael A. Taylor. And it doesn't mean that he's a huge factor on this team. Offensively, he's okay. He does have knowledge of the American League Central from his career in Kansas City, and that's important. But I just got a feeling with the... Minimal amount that we keep hearing about Byron Buxton's recovery process. He is DHing on the daily, but it sure doesn't sound like his days in center field are going to happen again anytime soon. So they need some sort of credible center fielder for what looks like a while longer than they first bargained for. And at least in Taylor, they've got one. Now he's older, but we have all these infielders and all these pitchers in the minors waiting to come here, and some already are here. You don't hear about an heir apparent in center field. So for now, it's Michael A. Taylor for me. Yeah, that's yeah, tough. That's, that's tough to uh, tough to debate. I think you're 100 percent right on that. That's a good one. But mine was actually I agreed with Dave. Uh, I think you know as someone who has been begging them to bring some pitching into this organization for years, um, it looks like they finally did it. I wasn't real happy to get rid of the American League batting champion to right. do it, but 
you know, you got to give up. Got to spend money to make money. That's right. We're talking a little bit of gambling, Kentucky Derby style here today. Your place, who's at number two for the Twins, Dave Cook? Shortstop, Carlos Correa. He is the guy that if you're going to pay that kind of money and sell us on the um, non-on-the-field things as one of the reasons we should be super excited to see him, that's great and everything. But then he needs to do that plus play. Like, he needs to be a shortstop worthy of that kind of money. I'm not worried about the injuries. I'm worried about the performance. That's fair. Who do you got at number two? I got Byron Buxton. I think Byron Buxton is, uh, I think his his level of importance on uh, at, the, at the plate now is, is increased quite a bit because you're not getting the defense out of him anymore. So you've got to. You've got to you've got to overachieve at the plate, in my opinion, and, yeah. and that includes stealing bases at times. And, he's and turned into an athletic Nelson Cruz, hasn't he? Yeah, right. And, and but I think that's what he needs to be. If he's not gonna he's not gonna give you one of one of the greatest attributes he has is his defense. He's one of the best defensive center fielders in baseball. And if you right. can't play because you're, you can't stay healthy, you better you better make it up on the on, at the plate. Yeah, I feel like my list. Go ahead. Before you jump in, I want to just make note of the fact that I've always said. DHs are just guys that can't play in the field anymore. That's the reason that I didn't put Buxton on my list. It's because he's a DH. He can't play the field anymore, and Steve's right. Half of his half of his value is a center fielder, which he's not anymore. That is fair. We're getting some listener feedback that we used too many acronyms. Have we used any today besides CAT? Yes, place and show. Those are acronyms? Those are terms. Oh, well, for betting, they're acronyms. Okay. I guess I... Wasn't fully aware of that. For me, an acronym is letters that count as abbreviations for words, like NBA, NHL, MLB. For me, those are acronyms. I could be wrong. Maybe I need a grammar lesson today. But number two for me, kind of what you guys did with the pitching with Pablo, I went with Joe Ryan because I do think that one pitcher is good, but two quality pitchers are great. Now, Sonny Gray isn't on this list because I don't know what Sonny Gray is going to do after this season. Joe Ryan, they fleeced Tampa to get him, and it's worked out great. He's got to sustain this long-term because if you've got Pablo and Joe long-term, I think this rotation is built at least partway. Yeah, I think that sounds I think that sounds right. You know, we've talked to people about Joe and how his attitude can kind of permeate and, uh, you know, relax a culture. And so, yeah, if he can play good and he can keep that uh, attitude together, hopefully he does help more than just, you know, more than just when he pitches. All right, Dave, who is your winner? Who's your number one? Who's your win? It's Rocco, and it's fairly straightforward for me. It's time for Rocco to become his own man. Like, I think over the years we've talked about him just doing whatever the whatever front office wants as far as pulling his pitchers after two and a half innings. You know, oh, look, you've got a hangnail. You can't pitch any longer. I think Rocco needs to show that Rocco is the guy. Like, if he wants a guy pitching seven, he pitches seven, not two and a half because that's edict. All right, I like that take. I also have to give you a humorous interjection because we got accused of one of the acronyms we use is ANT. That's like using Jim instead of James. The listener didn't know that ANT is short for Anthony as well. But I liked your number one. Steve, who you got? Well, I can't talk about the Twins and not reference the cheap A poll ad. I was, so, I was waiting for that. Uh, if they, <laughs> this organization, it always comes down to are they willing to spend the money on a, on a roster that's, you know, worth it? Yeah, that's, you know, a major league roster, you know, like they promised when they got a stadium built for them. Now, I like that, but I avoided it for a reason because it gets overplayed, but I knew who was going to play it, so I left it for him. Dave, I went your route again because I go more with the kids. My win was a tie, combo platter, Royce Lewis, Brooks Lee, because eventually oh. they're going to be a big part of this team, but Carlos Correa supposedly is too. Now, Carlos Correa isn't hitting for beans right now, and that's the radio edit version of it. And he's going to be here for a while, we think. But where? If he plays shortstop that entire time, which age-wise, who knows, but my goodness, he's a plus defensive shortstop, where does Royce Lewis go? Is it somewhere else in the field? Is it somewhere else in Major League Baseball? Brooks Lee, same idea. I just talked about with Michael A. Taylor, you don't have a bona fide center fielder without him. What if Carlos Correa sticks around his short or Brooks Lee, you know, leapfrogs him in the shortstop depth chart, if you will, and Royce Lewis, who got injured playing center, does become someday your everyday center fielder, just spitballing. 100% of the time we've seen him in center field, Brian, he gets hurt. And so I know that was just a one-day thing, but I, I don't know. I, I, uh, I agree with you with both of those two, and I'm shocked they're your number one. But 
hat tip to you because I agree with the, their importance. See, I hang out with you long enough. The uh, youngsters that aren't even with the team start yeah. to resonate with me a little bit further. We, we are already behind schedule. How fast can we do the top three, the win place show, but in reverse order, show place win for the Vikings? Oh, I think we can go pretty quick, Brian, um, because I, I think the third place guy for me is Mr. Cousins now. I think Kirk is important uh, in winning and losing, but I also think his attitude towards the rookie quarterback, even if it's not the kid from BYU long term, his attitude on helping to raise the kid is important. I'm going to give Steve Patosha a segue almost on a platter because I'm sure his guy that I'm about to say is in his list somewhere, and I'm afraid of what he's going to say. But my show is crazy because one of these drafts at some point have to hit, whether it's last year's finally getting in gear now or this year's contributing immediately or down the road with the BYU quarterback. But you said, Kirk, I left him off because I'm waiting for who's going to pull the trigger on the right future move post-Kirk, and Quasey's responsible for that. Yeah, I, I, Quasey's not on my list at all. Wow. Because he's I, on a list of I, a different kind for you. <laughs> well, no, honest to God, he's not. I, 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 yeah, well, uh, my, my third is I agree with, with uh, Dave, and, and I think it's Kirk. I think... You know, he's in, a, in this contract year. Maybe he's going to play well enough where we're going to want him back. You know, maybe. Um, but in the interest of time, I'll move to number two since we pretty much agree on that one. Um, and that's Flores. I think that defense needs to be considerably better. And I think his presence uh, in developing players, uh, undrafted players, yep. because we didn't draft a whole lot of defensive Right. Uh, we didn't draft guys. a whole lot of players, period. Right. So um, I think his, his presence in, in that organization is going to be, going to be huge. I think it is, and I left him off for a reason because I, too, fear his longevity just because he is such a big name. If this defense improves rapidly and, you know, basically in a big way becomes maybe a top five, top ten defense, I fear that Brian Flores, in terms of longevity with the Vikings, might be gone in a blink. I know we've texted about that before, Steve. But I went with somebody that I hope he turns around. My place at number two is Lewis Seen because that's the first big draft move that Quasi ever made. And to say it was met with chagrin is the understatement of the decade. But Jamison Williams in Detroit has given the Vikings every opportunity to make that trade look not so bad between his injury, touching the ball twice last year, and now the gambling suspension. Lewis Seen didn't see the field, and then when he did, had the catastrophic injury. This is the turnaround season. If it happens, I think the old Quasi doesn't know how to talent evaluate or Grigson doesn't, might go away for a little bit. For, for me, guys, it's Flores, and it's Flores because Massive swings in style of play scare me to death because you have to draft those guys to play that style. And Flores plays a specific style of defense. And a lot of the guys we had in the roster aren't able to play that. So now we got to get Flores guys in here. And you're right because he could be a short-term coach. Well, you got to bring in then another fire breather defensive coordinator. And if you don't, you've got all these guys who play that style of defense who are going to be lost again. All right, Dave, we'll treat this like a fantasy snake draft. You get to go twice. Who's your winner? Who's at number one? It, it, it's our head coach, and it's because also going back to everything else we've talked about, right now they're a team in flux, and he has some tap dancing to do to make sure it works, and so far so good, but he's my number one. I think it is, but I didn't want to do the low-hanging fruit, which is why I didn't pick him and why I didn't pick Justin Jefferson, because your best player probably should be your winner. But I went with Rob Brzezinski because a coach sometime – is only as good as the players or quote-unquote reinforcements that he's able to get. And the Vikings aren't that different from the Wild in the fact that their salary cap situation is hell. Yet they somehow managed to pull guys in, make moves, make transaction, make sense. And I said at the beginning of this very segment that a salary capologist just might make my list. Rob Brzezinski did. Yeah, I mean, he is he is a wizard. Um I, I think whatever uh, abacus he has, I'd like to see. Yeah, he, he he does a heck of a job. Mine mine's Justin Jefferson. I think he, I've you know made the statement that I, I think he might be the best player of all time, and uh, he's certainly I think the best player on this football team, and he needs to be the best best player on this football team because I I don't have a whole lot of confidence in what they got going at the moment. I tell you what, I have confidence in this segment being about as much fun as I hope for. Don't ask me to do a win place show between the three of us: Brian Prudhomme, Steve Patosha, Dave Cook. Dave Cook got a tribute to Gordon Lightfoot. We're bumping out with a little carefree highway. Speaking of that, safe travels to you, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. That's our guy, yeah, Dave Cook, getting our kicks with a Kentucky Derby segment. Kicks will continue. John Schuster is available to talk a different sport. We usually talk curling with him. Not what we're going to do this time, but whenever he's available, it's usually a good sign. Stick around. We'll be right back. 
You're listening to the Northland Sports Page, brought to you each and every week by the OG Roll Architecture Studio. Also, Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings of Duluth, Justin May, our realtor at Messina & Associates, Krause Heating and Cooling, your carrier of carrier and your HVAC authorized dealer, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, the Blackwoods Group, with locations at London Road, Proctor Two Harbors, also Blackwater and Tavern on the Hill, Avenue 45, Belt Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Famous Dave's, Kohler Toyota, and Kohler Hyundai. Hey, it's Paul Allen. You're listening to the Northland Sports Page with Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, and Topher Davis. Skull Vikings. A little ace of base is your bump in this morning. I don't pull that one too often. I saw the sign because I tell you, it's always a very good sign when I get John Schuster to rejoin the show here on the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Steve Potosha, Dave Cook is traveling this weekend, but we appreciate him joining us for that first segment, Little Minnesota Sports a la Kentucky Derby. Normally when John Schuster is around, there is a curling entity to the segment. It's up to him whether or not there will be today. But John Schuster, Olympic curler, is also John Schuster, part owner of a Duluth area soccer club. And we're going to bring him in right away to talk Duluth FC and whatever else he wants. John Schuster, good morning, sir. Good morning, Brian. How are you doing today? Always doing well. Always doing a little better when I get a chance to chat with you. So uh, I know you're a big Minnesota sports fan in just about every definition. You mentioned that first segment. Do you have any thoughts? Uh, I think you guys did it all pretty well, but I mean, I just looked at a stat yesterday that shows that we have 50 straight playoff appearances as a state without uh, reaching a championship, even appearance. And that's, uh, I think, I think that's my win for everything is we need to have one of these organizations break through and get us to, uh, to that title game, at least give us something to cheer for. I agree with that. And we can continue to make puns off that segment because I agree with you that that needs to be our win. And the fact that fans still show at every place where these teams play might be win enough. Holy cow, Brian, you're incredible. Right. My, my dad joke game for a guy with no kids is, is on point. But speaking of kids, we've got some talented soccer-playing kids on their way into town because the season is right around the corner. Tell us a little bit about Duluth FC, and I guess to back it up even further, people say John Schuster, Olympic curler. Now we say John Schuster, Duluth FC. How did that relationship become? So uh, Sarah, my wife, and I started hosting players for uh, our Duluth FC, which have been around since 2017, and uh, and we play in the National Premier Soccer League, which is the top league that you can play. It's actually very similar to the Huskies, where you get guys coming in that are collegiate players from around the country and coming in and compete in a league that consists of, you know, I think we have seven teams now in the Upper Midwest, um, and it's a bigger league nationally where there's over 100 teams, and uh, and yeah, the guys are starting to to filter in as our season starts um, on the 13th. So it starts this coming Saturday and uh, and goes through July and hopefully through August if we can get ourselves to uh, that national championship. I was going to say, you guys can be part of a Minnesota sports win. Talk about the interest overall in Duluth FC because I know that soccer has interest galore, any age, any gender, what have you, but so much of it is in participating. How do we do in terms of attendance? How many people, you know, come out in droves hopefully to watch this team? And, of course, if, if not enough, that's a goal to increase it this year. Oh, I mean, that's that's 100% the goal. But what we've seen is a steady increase since uh, since its inception. And since we've been around in 2019 is when Sarah and I came in, um, our attendance has gone up and up. And last year we averaged 500 fans at, at each game, and we had our biggest attendance was, our home playoff game we hosted that had upwards of 900 people out at PSS. So um, it's it's an incredible brand of soccer. I think everybody who's shown up and watched um, can see that you know our team and the league we play in and the players that we bring in uh, are really really close to the top level. I mean we played I think a closed door friendly with with Minnesota UFC so our MLS team last year and. And I think the game was six to two. So we put a couple goals in the net, you know, against our professional team. So it's, it's a high caliber of soccer. And, um, when Alex Giuliani and I bought the team, we really wanted to continue down the road that Tim Soft had, had led it. And that's, you know, community involvement along with high, high caliber soccer. And, and I think your listeners will see a lot more of that this year. We're really making strides with St. Luke's, who is our title sponsor and, and really getting out in the, into the community, including, uh, this coming Monday, we're doing our player signing and uh, and media um, and uh, press conference at St. Luke's on on Monday afternoon. Good morning, John. Steve Patoshi here. Just uh, you talked about the the raised attendance and and you know the the growth of this team. How does John Schuster's signature appear on this team? 
You know, for me, since we've been hosting players, um, you know, we've had three and then a couple too. So we've hosted like seven players over the years. And um, I've seen, you know, my interaction as a top-level athlete um, with the players, you know, increase over my time. You know, we have all the players over at our house for a barbecue. And just talking, you know, you guys mentioned, you know, a life coach for the Minnesota Timberwolves in the last segment being, you know, somebody who's on your list of, of important things. And, and for me, is really just, you know, taking my knowledge of sports and, and, you know, what's helped me get there and, and putting that, putting that stamp on these players. And then from a community standpoint, you know, Sarah and I try to be involved in everything we can possibly be involved in in the community because we really love being, you know, <laughs> residents and active people within the twin ports and, and we, we just love having opportunities to, you know, to grow the community as a whole. And, and I've always seen so much unity through sports. So those are probably the places where I try to put my signature on the team. That makes perfect sense. I'm going to kind of double down on the question I asked you about how the relationship came to be because I'm still a little bit in the fog in terms of John Schuster and soccer go hand in hand because I think of John Schuster, Olympic curler. I think of John Schuster telling basketball tales about Bob McDonald. I think of John Schuster, father of elite swimmers and fitness guy. Where did soccer become paramount for you? Uh, you know, from from the time we, we hosted those first guys and how it happened was um, a friend of mine posted something on Facebook that they needed some more host families kind of last minute. And I was curling over in China in May of 2019. And by the time I got home, we had three of these guys living in our basement, which these guys are, you know, anywhere from 18 to 25 years old. And, uh, and from going and watching uh, the games and seeing – Again, the caliber of soccer. And you can go, we got some incredible, you know, Division Three soccer teams and the UMD Bulldogs Division Two soccer team. And this is just, um, I can see the difference in, in the, what these guys do for work ethic. And, uh, and yeah, and, and going there, it just, I, I got in and my kids started playing soccer as well. And they play travel competitive soccer on the weekends. And, uh, and yeah, I, I really love the culture of the sport. I mean, the fans, have, you know, I, I encourage your listeners to come out you know, to a game and see just the culture of, of what is there. We have drums banging, we score goals, and there's smoke bombs going off. And, and it's really the soccer culture is such a family culture, which I think drew me in because that's kind of what curling is as well. I think that's very well said. I want to talk to you a little bit about the draw of the team itself because we do want fans to come out. And Dave Cook and I talk about this all the time. When local teams take center stage, and it's not hockey in this town, they need to have local elements to them to pick up the attendance. We talk about it with the Huskies. We talked about it with Tim Brown in terms of the pending indoor football team. Is there some local flavor to Duluth FC? Because I think of Keegan Chasty right away. Yeah, and unfortunately our coach is also an assistant coach at CSS. So Keegan Chasty this year is not going to be eligible to play for us. However, his younger brother Parker is on the team this year. Very nice. Um, along, with, along with Jake Kidd, who's a superior kid that plays at UWS. Um, we have five other UWS players playing on the squad, and uh, and and I believe Ken Pride, who's an outgoing graduate of CSS, is also on the team. So um, we do, yeah, recruit guys from coming in from around the country, but uh, we also have a, a fair number of, of locals who train and play with the team. And, and the goal down the road here is is for our guys and our club to go within the community, maybe unite, you know, the Gitchy Goomies, the East Select, Superior Soccer Association, Hermantown Soccer Association, and really build a pipeline. So, you know, our vision five, ten years down the road is that our team has much, much more local flavor than we currently, you know, have the ability to, to bring in to compete at the level that we play at. Absolutely. We are chatting with John Schuster, frequent guest here on the Northland Sports page, but usually to talk a little fantasy football, talk a little Olympic curling, talk a myriad of subjects. Today's subject is Duluth FC, as John is now part owner. You've been encouraging listeners to get involved, come out and support the team. There might be listeners out there going, I will, but how do I do it and how much, that kind of thing. I saw season tickets available on Twitter yesterday, but I give you the floor to kind of market the heck out of Duluth FC. <laughs> yeah, well, we have seven scheduled home games throughout six regular season games and a game against the Minnesota United U19 team in a Minnesota Super Cup, which is kind of a six-team tournament amongst the top uh, different level teams in, in Minnesota, but um, our home opener is against Sioux Falls on May 20th and then have, you know, seven more home games. You can go to our Twitter page, our social media. I promise you it's worth the follow. Our guys um, that are on our team are actually nationally recognized within our league for the content they put out. But, you know, it's very affordable, you know, fun family entertainment. You know, it's 10 bucks for an adult, 5 bucks for kids and college kids. 
Um, and, and really it's, it's a great way to spend an evening in the May or, you know, throughout, throughout the summer. And games are generally Saturdays at 7 p.m. We have a couple Wednesdays mixed in there. Uh, but out at public school stadium, I promise you anybody who comes out there is going to enjoy, um, coming out and watching some great soccer and, and being part of our great community in the stands as well. Absolutely. Got to love that. Is there any other type of need? You mentioned you got involved by being a host family for players. Are you still taking those? Are there are there non-ticket sales involved needs that the community can jump on right now? Um, You know what? We had great response this year from host families. Sarah and I took over the host family program, and we actually even had a few hosts reach out um, that we weren't able to get players into their houses because we had so many. But uh, you can go to our site, and there's some donations that you can make to support the host families. Uh, you know, program and also, uh, yeah, coming out to games is really is really a great start. And and yeah, we have a bunch of great sponsors and partners in town. So we're looking forward to putting on a good show for Duluth again this summer. And who knows, maybe a national championship might be coming to Minnesota if it comes together like we think it might. There you go. We'll find a winner one way or the other. John Schuster, you are certainly a winner. I tell you what, your influence on me knows no bounds. You got me into protein shakes. Chris Plies swears he's going to get me into curling. You just might get me into Duluth FC as well. I appreciate the time, buddy. Thanks, Brian. Have a good day. Anytime. You as well. That's our guy, John Schuster. Up next, we buy or sell with Justin May, our realtor at Messina & Associates. is right around the corner. Brian Prudhoe, I'm Steve Petosha. We are the Northland Sports Page today. Dave Cook is traveling. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Northland Sports Page, brought to you each and every week by the OG, Roll Architecture Studio. Also, Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings of Duluth. Justin May, our realtor at Messina & Associates. Krause Heating and Cooling, your carrier of carrier and your HVAC-authorized dealer. Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing. Sammy's Pizza, the Blackwoods Group, with locations at London Road, Proctor Two Harbors, also Blackwater and Tavern on the Hill, Avenue 45, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Famous Dave's, Kohler Toyota, and Kohler Hyundai. It's the Northland Sports Page on 106.5 FM, 5.60 AM, and through the Fan 106.5 app, the Fan 106.5. Our tribute to Gordon Lightfoot continues, the most famous one, arguably, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Of course, this week, the world lost that musical legend, Gordon Lightfoot. Welcome back to the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Steve Petosha here with you on your late morning. Here with you till noon. Speaking of late morning, I hope if you're choosing to do so that you might be enjoying brunch today. And there's a new spot in the Duluth area where you can do just that. If you're looking for a good spot to enjoy brunch on the weekends, Tavern on the Hill is your new spot. Every Saturday and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 2, they've got some classics like a loaded Bloody Mary, Sunny Side Egg Skillet, Breakfast pizza, and Steve, I think you and I could get involved in this. Mimosas with friends. We're friends, and I think we both like mimosas. I'm in. Absolutely. And, I mean, anything Colin's doing down there is going to be fantastic. So, I mean, you can bet it's going to be great. Right. To tell you, the wheels are turning with maybe a live show for Brunch at Tavern. That would be absolute truth. Colin and I have been uh, texting hot and heavy this morning, so that could be in the Northland Sports page's future. Justin May would hopefully join us for that. I don't know if he's a mimosa guy or not. But he's certainly our realtor at Messina & Associates. Let's find out. Justin May, mimosas, yay or nay, and good morning. I'm selling on mimosas. No wine for, or no champagne for me gives me a bad headache. But I'm in on anything Colin's cooking. I don't even have to order. He just say, Colin, make me something, and it'll come out and be fantastic. Interesting you say that, that somebody named Cullen is so good culinarily speaking. It's very ironic in that sense. So if you're not a mimosa guy, see, I'm not a Bloody Mary guy because I can't be. I do have a tomato allergy. Are you a Bloody Mary guy or no? No, I don't like those either. And I love spice, but I just could never get into the thickness of a Bloody Mary. Um, I'm more of your screw-up kind of guy. Very nice. Nicely put. Speaking of screw-up, we're hoping that nothing gets screwed up in the housing market and things continue to improve for you. You've mentioned, you know, and we've mentioned this repeatedly, almost week after week after week. If the weather improves, so does the market. Looking outside today and really this week, the weather's not doing much for us, but compared to having feet of snow on the ground, we're doing a little bit better. How about the market itself? A little bit better as well? Yeah, everything really hit the ground running this week. Tons of listings came out, a lot more buyers that uh, almost like Groundhog's Day finally lifted their heads out of the hole and went, oh, there's houses for sale again. So starting to get some traction there. Still not the kind of... Um, the kind of listings that we're hoping for, you know, you you want a bunch, and, and as a realtor, you need a bunch, but a lot better and a lot more movement. We can certainly work Justin May into the Kentucky Derby theme today. Win a place show. You want Justin May to show you a place, and it'll be a win to buy or sell with them. 
How about Kentucky Derby for you? I know you're a Masters guy. I know you're not an NFL draft guy. The third event of kind of the niche events for me is the Derby. What do you think of today? Well, my wife is huge into it. Um, grew up with racehorses right on her ranch. They had about 75 that traveled all over the United States. So we usually tune in pretty solidly on on Derby Day, Preakness, Belmont. Not so much um, the littler track stuff anymore. A little bit here and there, but not a diehard, diehard. Just a casual fan and Definitely on the bucket list of something that I want to go to someday. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I would call myself a casual, but I don't know if I can call myself a casual when it's not something that I'll ever miss. And like I said, my family does get involved. I just don't get too into the hype where I think coverage probably starts now and they race close to 6 o'clock. That's, that's kind of my problem with the NFL draft. It goes too long. I can't watch the Derby for seven hours either. But one thing I can definitely well, do... Have, go ahead. As, a, as an avid horse fan... It's not just the the Derby. You know, there's 12 to 14 races typically on Derby Day, and the first nine are just as good as usually the Derby being the 10th and then two more after that, and they don't even cover those last two. You kind of feel bad kind of feel bad about it, but uh, there's so much hype towards what happens to the, the winner of the Derby and then de-handicapping the race afterwards that you miss those last two. But uh, just saying all day is an event. No question. I'll tell you this. If I ever get a chance to go, a big portion of my day would be at the betting window. Topher Davis got married last summer at, at Santa Anita Park, and I spent uh, some time post-ceremony at the betting window. It didn't go well, but I'm not going to a track and not doing that. That's just me. And speaking of going somewhere and not doing something, I would never have a segment with you and not play by yourself. So let's play it again today. You know how the game works. Any new listeners may not. But how this goes is I give a statement for each of the four major pro sports leagues. And if you agree with what I'm saying, you say buy, and you tell me why. And if you disagree with what I'm saying, you say sell, and you tell me why. Justin May has two primary responsibilities in said game. Number one is his dynamite opinion, but number two is determining the order. How do you want to play today? Let's start with the NBA since it's over. Right, it is your favorite, always. <laughs> Speaking of being over... This is a great segue because the Milwaukee Bucks decided their head coach's tenure is over, happened this week. And I saw somewhere on Twitter, and I didn't know this, and being that I do follow the NBA, I probably should have, but three out of the last four NBA champions, the head coach of that team has since been dismissed, which is odd considering recency of a title, especially in a place like Minnesota where a title hasn't happened on the men's side since 1991. So by herself that the NBA is the most difficult league to have coaching longevity in. I'll buy that, but I don't like coaching longevity in any sport anymore. And uh, I, I'm not hexing you, Pitt. I hope you have 30 more years at the helm. But I, you know how I feel about this, Brian. I absolutely hate it. It takes time. It takes cohesiveness. It takes character. It takes that bonding with everybody in the room. And... All of sport now is a what have you done for me lately, and two years later you're out the door. It's very expensive to transition from city to city to city and buy real estate and get your kids involved in an, another program and uh, all new friends and all new support structure. I hate that part about pro sports. I agree with you, and before Steve goes ahead, just so you know, he was shaking his head no when you wished him 30 more years of success. I just don't think he wants to be 77 at the helm. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one, one year at a time. Um, I, I, I guess I, I am selling. I don't. Uh, I, 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 pro sports to me, the hardest thing is, is, is for coaching pro sports is your message not getting stale. I mean. The blessing we have in, in amateur athletics is you, you're generally only with a player for three to four years, and, and then you're, you're cycling new kids in. And, you know, that's a blessing and a curse because you, you get, you know, you create these relationships with kids, and then you don't want to see them. You'd love to keep them, you know. It seems like right when you get them perfectly figured out and molded the way you wanted, and they're moving on to the next thing. And, and so with pro sports, that's not the case. It's usually the coach that's moving on to the next thing. So, um I'm I'm selling. I think that that it's it, I'm with Justin that in that sense. Okay, so you sold that the NBA is not the most difficult to have longevity. If it's not the NBA, what league is it? I think it's. Uh, is football the quickest dismissal? I think football is the quickest dismissal. That's that's kind of what I thought. So I'm going to sell my own statement, but just barely. I think all pro sports have this in common: winning a title is great, 
and should buy you some time without question. But I also think winning a title raises expectations sometimes to a level that you can't meet anymore. So the reason that three of these four recent NBA champions have since been dismissed is all of a sudden you go from 50-55 wins to 42, which is still a winning record in the NBA, and the fans and the ownership is going, what the heck is that? Think of where we used to be, where places like Minnesota, where we're in the abyss for so long, we go above 500 and we claim somebody's the Messiah. So I think it's a little bit different. Where to next, Justin May? Let's go with the NHL. NHL, Dallas is squaring off with the Kraken of Seattle. The series is 1-1 currently with Game 3, I believe, this evening. The Wild also won Game 1, just like Seattle did, and won Game 3 and took a 2-1 lead and then folded, and Dallas ran away with it. Buy or sell that this series could go the exact same way? I'll buy that. I like Dallas's team. We talked about it last week. They're... They're super talented, they're super deep, and getting Pavelski back obviously has created a huge spark even though they lost that game, but four goals in one game, you think he was a little irritated? Um, I, I just think Dallas is a better team. Yeah, I'm going to buy it too. I think I think it's the NHL playoffs, so anything can happen. And, and, you know, no lead is safe, no series lead is safe, no game lead is safe. It's That's just the way it is. And at the end of the day, in my opinion, Dallas has the best goaltender in hockey at the moment. And uh, I would bet on that most times. It's too bad he's in Dallas because he's a Minnesota kid, so we should be cheering for him. But he's in Dallas, so most of us aren't. Um, I'm going to buy as well. And the reason for me is, and i got to say this before Dave Hoops comes on because it's Dave Hoops' favorite player, but Joe Pavelski right now is carrying Dallas. Granted, in the Minnesota series, due to injury, he couldn't. But it's really only Pavelski right now and not much else for Dallas. We know, as well as Minnesota maybe made them look, but Dallas has plenty of other weapons. They haven't gotten going yet. If they do, I think Seattle's in for a long rest of the series. I would say let's see what happens tonight, but we know a 2-1 lead, as you said, Stephen, as Minnesotans know, means nothing. Justin May, what's next? Well, what I wish I could buy, though, is an NHL franchise because it does not take very long to get to the top in the NHL very long. Talk to John Schuster. Maybe he can get you into that ownership gig. <laughs> Justin May, go ahead. And I want 10%, Pitt. Let's go with the NFL. All right, NFL, last week I asked you if the Green Bay Packers could contend with Jordan Love at the helm because Aaron Rodgers went to the Jets. So I'm going to flip the script a little bit here. Buy or sell that Aaron Rodgers on the Jets now makes them a contender in the AFC. Notice I said the conference, not just their division. I'm going to sell that. I, I think the Jets are just awful. They're and I don't know that much about them, but... Uh, a franchise on the front page of the newspaper every week for something negative. I just don't like the vibe they have going there. I don't see anybody. If Favre couldn't do it in New York, I don't think that Rodgers is going to do it. And I don't think mentally he's strong enough for the New York media. I think they're going to tear him to shreds. Yeah, I'm going to sell as well, but I, I'm going to sell more just because the, the NFL is such a tough tough league and the, right. that, those, the injuries you got to overcome and all, all that, I... I don't know. I, I think we started to see a little chink in the armor last year, too, with Aaron Rodgers as he started to turn the ball over more and more. And and uh, I think I I don't think he loves football enough to really. I don't know if he loves anything enough to make a difference. Enough, <laughs> he, make a difference. Aaron he does. He does. He does bring vanity to a whole new level. I'm going to sell as well, partly because of what both of you said. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is enough of a difference maker, like Steve said, but also what Justin said. It's still the Jets. You just can't get on board with that team all of a sudden being good. It was not unlike when everybody bought into the Browns and they made the playoffs once. Now they're pretty bad again. It's just one of those franchises that you roll your eyes at reputationally, whether it's fair in the current state of things or not. I will tell you this. There's part of me that wants to buy, and here's why. Aaron Rodgers said to Green Bay, basically, you don't give me any weapons. And now he's turning around and having all of those weapons from Green Bay join him in New York. So I will laugh my you-know-what off if the Jets do contend with that same group because it's the ultimate twisting of the knife. Let's take everybody that used to be in cheese land and go make a winner with the Jets. That I would get a kick out of for sure. Major League Baseball, to wrap it up, there's a segue here. Justin Denard Span is on with us just around the corner. He's now living in Tampa and working, doing some broadcasting with the Rays. The Tampa Bay Rays record is unbelievable. I believe it's something in the area of 27-6. and six. Buy or sell that this is the best team in Major League Baseball and will continue to be? I don't know if I've watched enough of everybody else to, to have an opinion yet on the best team in baseball. I'll bring it back home that I love the way that our our squad 
uh, came out and gutted out a couple of good wins the last couple nights that they had to gut out because they were falling off the deep end. I will say that the Tampa, Tampa Bay uh, uniforms they wore yesterday could have been the worst uniforms I've ever seen anybody wear. You didn't like the old Devil Ray throwback. All right, Steve Petosha, oh, you're, a big AL, you're a big AL East guy because of your Yankee fandom. Thoughts on the Rays? Yeah, the, the Rays scare me, I'll be honest. They're pretty good. and uh, <laughs> So I guess you got to buy that team all day long. I mean, ugh, it's, it's, it is a nightmare to watch. I, I, and you'll notice my... My twins' trash talk has gone down quite a bit this season. It's been some dudes when when your favorite team has the worst record and lost the head-to-head series. Yeah, record. yeah. I, and I it was tempted last week with a couple of those KC games, but no, I decided it was best to just uh, watch your own bobber for a moment. Shut, no doubt right. about it. I'm going to buy the Rays just a bit, and I'll get more on them from Denard Span in just a few minutes. But the reason I'm going to buy is is basically the reason we buy on any baseball team that contends. If you pitch well, you can do this. And Tampa, for the most part, has pitched very well already this season. Obviously, you're going to when you lose six out of 30-plus games to start. But what was supposed to arguably be their best pitcher suffered a big-time injury in spring training in Glasnow, and he just started his rehab assignment yesterday. So if you're playing this well and you've got a potential number one coming your way, wow, you could be really good. Speaking of really good, our really good realtor at Messina Associates is Justin May. Folks want to buy or sell with you. I've got the number memorized. Do it for us so our listeners do too, Mr. Justin May. 218-310-9559. Go to MZR.com. Give me a call anytime. There's, there's inventory out there. Let's get out and start shopping. Absolutely. Justin May, always a pleasure. Let's do it again in a week, my friend. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. You as well. That's Justin May, our realtor at Messina & Associates. Hour one is done. Hour two starts with Denard Span.